want to kick things off this afternoon as budget deliberations continue at City Hall. There's an ongoing challenge, especially this go around, of deciding where you know a fairly limited amount of cash is going to go to this year. There are a number of climate-related projects listed in the proposed budget, but city staff right now advising against funding most of them in order to limit your tax increase. That isn't necessarily sitting too well with those who are working with the city on climate change and climate change initiatives. I wanted to chew on this with Jacob Komar, who is the chair of Edmonton's Energy Transition Climate Resilience Committee. Hey, Jacob, welcome to 630 Chad. Hi, Jalen. Thanks for having me. Oh, now, okay. Now, let's uh, kick things off. Tell me about uh, this committee. Tell me about the City of Edmonton's Energy Transition Climate Resilience Committee. Uh, how long has it been around for, and, and, and what what is the purpose of it? Uh, so, the committee was formed in 2015, and essentially it was formed um, to bring experts in the industry from utilities, engineers, energy consultants, um, health experts, to basically advise Edmonton on how best we can create a tra energy transition strategy. Obviously, this is 2015. Mm -hmm. We now have a strategy. We've been through two versions of that. Um, so yeah, that's how it was formed. So there's a couple of strategies and that you mentioned that you've been through two strategies, and people can check them out online. I spent some time reading uh, the the latest one uh, this afternoon. How is the city of Edmonton living up to? its goals outlined in those strategies? Uh, well, we're not really. We're not at all. Um, and one of the strategies that we pushed for years is to put in a carbon budget along our actual budget so that we know whether we're failing or not. And this year's carbon budget, if you read it, it all shows that we're blowing through our goals and we're not going to meet our climate obligations at all. Um, so that's pretty disappointing. Almost every energy um transition item that you know we planned for for these long seven years has been left unfunded so so i think there's planning i think yeah. there's some people that are wondering what, what what is a carbon budget a carbon budget is essentially um we're trying to um put in a ghg impact value right beside um the cost value so let's say you're you're deciding between two projects you you want to see the carbon impact mm -hmm. um, of those two projects so that you can make a decision on which one is better for you long term. Interesting. Okay, so why are we failing on this, Jacob? Um, it's a very good question. I, I know there's there's motivation from the councillors and even Edmontonians. All you know the surveys that we've seen is shows that more than seventy five percent of Edmontonians are. Um, want more climate action um, and a lot of the councillors were elected on that promise um, but somehow um, we didn't see that from this budget and so we have obviously questions of admin and why that some of these items weren't um, funded um, but yeah it's we're just as shocked as some of the councillors. I'm wondering how much of it has to do with the fact that the city, of course, coming out of, you know, a couple of years of, um, of COVID and uh, trying to recover out of the financial impact. Uh, like, let's be real, COVID certainly kicked uh, the city of Edmonton and its finances right in, uh, in the butt. So I'm mm -hmm. wondering if 
that is playing a role at this point and if that is in fact the reason then then maybe hitting pause on some of these items is the right thing to do and focusing on maybe some of the basics like getting roads and bridges and road safety that sort of stuff done and done right your thoughts i mean of course like look it's never going to be an easy budget it's we have things that we need to pay for day to day but at the same time we're spending 517 million dollars to expand 14 kilometers of the yellowhead trail you know that could, that one item could pay for all of the energy efficiency items we're talking about mm. um we're building a rec center at the outskirts of town you know like we've been sprawling this city which we know financially is ruining us it's it's the more we spread out mm. it's it's tougher and tougher to keep up these operating costs and yeah. it's at this point it's also if you look at the in the context of the energy crisis going on in europe and which is coming for us some of these things that we're talking about purchasing evs when we know that they're lowest cost cost of ownership that's just smart decision making for the city renovating buildings so that we don't have a huge tax bill uh, or sorry um gas bill is just smart running of cities so some of these actions are just tied into just smart decision making thinking about long-term costs instead of just first cost yeah yeah but, and you know I, I get what you're saying Jacob but I think you know you take a look at something you mentioned the yellowhead for example I mean that stretch of road has been uh, has been dangerous and in need of uh, fixing up for a very very long time you talk about the Lewis Estates rec center on the outskirts of town well I mean Lewis Estates if you've been up there lately it's a it's a very full busy neighborhood and to those who use the yellowhead and to those who live in that you know Western community in Edmonton mm -hmm. uh, might be thinking that those are going to be more important to them at this moment than um let's say 50 miles of, of bike lanes let's just throw that out or or doing energy efficient building retrofits in in downtown edmonton so how do we how do we bridge that how do we bridge that gap because i think that there's there's a real challenge here for everybody on both sides you know people saying hey you know what i'm gonna keep using my car i know we might want to have people ride more bikes that sort of stuff but it's minus 30 out so that's not going to happen i want a rec center where my kids can go swim you know instead of retrofitting an old building downtown so how do you balance that? How do you how do you make that work? And what do we need to do in this city to to bridge that gap? Because I think there's a big one when it comes to we might say that 73% of Edmontonians want to see climate change initiatives, but when a push comes to shove, I, I I want my my roadway safe. I mean, this is the challenge of climate change, right? It's such a distant um, and seems like such a far away problem, but if if you follow the science if you read the warnings this is the biggest challenge that human humans have faced in their history and so we need to treat it like an emergency when covid happened if a fire you know if a forest fire or a massive flood happens you don't start questioning the cost of overtime for firefighters to help rescue people and honestly that's the mentality we need in the end if you look at it we we have to understand that a functioning ecosystem is what 
creates an economy. Mm. An economy is a social construct. So without a functioning ecosystem, if your food systems are collapsing, if you have climate refugees climbing over your border because they can't live, what good to you is a rec center then? Or in the context of the energy crisis, when you can't afford to heat your home, what good is a rec center or a wider road? Wider roads have been proven to basically cause more traffic. But if we start thinking of ourselves in a new way and our city in a new way, you know, we love going to Europe and seeing walkable Mm -hmm. cities, beautiful cities. We can have that in Edmonton by building, you know, for a fraction of the cost of these highways, if we build out a walkable, um, you know, a bikeable city that gets people out on the street it's also good for business right yeah, people out walking the streets i think jacob is- the, the problem is is that we've i think i think we've i think we've jumped the shark when it comes to building a, a walkable bikeable city when you look at the sheer size of the city and how far it's spread out I mean, obviously, I'm not, but that doesn't mean we should keep doing the wrong things, right? Okay. At some point, we have to start reining it in. So I think the almost the full implementation of the bike plan is around 170, 180 million. In the context of, you know, the rec center, which is at 300 million dollars, mm-hmm. you know, how many people are going to use that? And at some point, we can completely change what the city looks like, what it feels like. Yeah. I would say tens of thousands probably are going to use that rec center, and I'm not sure you're going to see tens of thousands using a bike line anytime in the near future on a regular basis. I mean, bike ridership has exploded I know it has, um, but... over the last few decades, about 450%, and especially during COVID. And But fundamentally, you have to build the infrastructure because people won't bike if they don't feel safe, mm-hmm. right? But if you give them bike lanes, they will bike. And I'm not saying every trip is practical to do it on a bike, but if you look at Finnish cities and Finland, bike ridership doesn't drop off until you get below minus 20. As long as you provide people with a safe place that is plowed, um, people will continue to bike. Jacob, I could talk to, uh, to you and explore this uh, with you uh, for the next hour, but we're going to have to leave it <laughs> here. This no, because I think you know it's it's an interesting conversation. It's one of those things that I think, yep. and and I think it's one of those things that you know the city of Edmonton and cities across North America right now are 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 are, are fight not fighting, but they're trying to figure it out and and how to how to balance commitments and balance you know the the concerns about climate change, but also the immediate needs of what um you know people in in you know edmonton want right and it's it's a it's a fascinating conversation and we'll continue to play close attention to it and uh, it'll be really interesting to see what the budget looks like when everything's all said and done on december 16th jacob let's do this again sometime okay thank you for this for sure anytime okay. take care thanks and then bye yeah. jacob comar joining me this afternoon the chair of edmonton's energy transition climate resilience committee 318 let's take a pause Need some help with that mouse in my vehicle. All sorts of texts coming in. I will get to some of your suggestions coming up. Stay with us.